For those of you, uh, just to make sure it uh, wasn't clear, I am not Pastor Mike, but I'm Alan Ward. I'm one of the uh, elders here, and so I'm speaking today. And uh, we're, we're going to make this, we're calling this Mission Sunday. And uh, it wasn't until about two days ago that I realized, literally, that today is also Father's Day. And I'm like, yikes, okay, I don't have a message for Father's Day. I have a message about missions. But, you know, that's okay, because uh, fathers are on a mission. And uh, fathers uh, today are really being called, I think, by God uh, to stand up and be fathers uh, that this country has not seen for quite a while, to be spiritual leaders in a household. And uh, I just compliment all you fathers out there that are doing that. And I just uh, believe that uh, there's a calling now on the fathers to to really uh, step it up. And I'm excited about uh, the fact that it's Father's Day. And I think that uh, it needs to be more um, brought out what good leaders that fathers are and stuff and spiritually and, and uh, in the household and stuff. So uh, I applaud each of you fathers and uh, God bless you. Uh, I am talking today about some of our forefathers and uh, it is concerning around missions and it's, it's uh, concerning... Um, kind of where victory is at on what we believe in missions and also uh, where we're, we like to go and so forth and stuff. And uh, so I am going to talk about the probably the most infamous one of all in the Scripture, and that's the Apostle Paul. And, of course, uh, there's many in the Scripture, but I think Paul stands out, and it's not that I want to use him... Uh, necessarily for that reason, but I want to use him because he makes a good example of what I want to talk about today. Uh, if we look in uh, the scripture in Mark 16.1 and Matthew 28.19, in both of those scriptures, I think it says quite clearly what script what com- is uh, about in uh, missions. And in Mark 16.1 it says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And in Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And that's uh, kind of the calling of missions. It's to go out, be called by God, and to do whatever God has called you to do. Now, maybe you've never thought about your being called to missions. But I want you to just to hold that thought today as we go through and talk about missions today. Because... I think a lot of people say that's not me or that's never been something in my heart or whatever and stuff. But I think God's calling each and every person into some sort of missions, whether it's abroad, local, or whatever. There's many different aspects of missions that you can get involved in. Back to Paul. You know, Paul was an interesting person. Uh, I'm going to use him. You know, Paul was, uh, he was a person who was set out actually to persecute Christians. He hated Christians. And that was his life journey, was to go and see how many Christians he could actually persecute. I mean, he was, he was adamant about going and, uh, and uh, persecuting Christians. But what happened one day was he was on a road and he got touched by God. And if we read the scripture, it didn't last very long. We would say maybe probably less than a minute 
of time with God, and, this man, and Paul, or at that time was called Saul, was radically changed. And it changed his life forever. And as strong as he was against God before, he now was as strong for God. He was like, I'm going to do whatever it is to bring disciples to the, to the world for God because I've been touched by him. I've seen the light. I know the truth now, and that's what I'm called to do, and that's what I'm going to go do. You know, Paul also, along that journey, took a lot of uh, abuse. Uh, he abused a lot of people, interesting enough. He got abused a lot in his calling with God as well. Uh, he wrote over 15 epistles, or 14 of the letters that we read in the New Testament, which is quite amazing, and uh, is referenced a lot in the, in the New Testament. You know, along that, uh, Paul was whipped in his... He did five mission trips, three of them of which has quite the detail, but actually, all in all, he did about five mission trips. During five of those mission trips, I believe he was in prison five times. And in five, and, and in those years, he also got whipped five times. Now, those weren't, it wasn't just a whip whip, but they had like these uh, bones that were laid into the leather. And when they whipped them across the back, flesh would come off. It was brutal. It was horrible pain. I can't imagine uh, just how painful that was. Also, he got the privilege of getting beaten three times in his journeys with rods. Uh, I don't know, it doesn't mention that he was, his bones were broken or whatever, but I just can't imagine the pain of having that done. And uh, also, he got to write up on his resume, uh, he was in a shipwreck. And uh, on that ship... The, he was actually a prisoner, and he was being transported to another place. And uh, during that time, why the ship got out of control, and uh, it started running a mist, and they couldn't control a thing. And the Lord had sent an angel to him and said for him to do certain things. And uh, when they did it, why, uh, that they would all be okay. And it's interesting to me that even though he's a prisoner on this ship, when he's telling the captain and the workers of that ship, this is what you got to do, they all knew that that's what they had to do. They respected him, even though he was a prisoner. And so, you know, I think that can only happen by the anointing of God being on somebody, that you can be the one who's the underlying person, but yet you have authority in that situation. And that's why God does uh, when he puts an anointing on people and sends them out into the world. And uh, they did run, a, uh, came up onto some rocks and the ship got destroyed, but they were so close to land they were easily able to swim or walk uh, to land. And they didn't know where they were because they got blown off course so much. And uh, all the locals came out because they knew that the uh, uh, this ship had crashed out there. And they found out they run this little island called Malta. And uh, so as the people are gathering, and they're, I guess they're very hospitable and stuff, why they decide to build a fire. And so while they're... This is the funniest story, I think, in the, all of his journey... So they're building a fire, and they're and like they're all picking up sticks and everything and stuff, 
And Paul, he's like going to help, you know. And I think the scripture doesn't say real clearly, but I believe Paul was actually already preaching to the locals. He's already evangelizing to them, telling about the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's picking up sticks and he's taking over there and he puts it down. And the scripture says that a poisonous viper grabs a hold of his hand. So you can see him, and this huge snake is hanging under his hand. And, he, and he's just like kind of trying to shake the thing off, you know, and the People's eyes, if you can only imagine how big they'd get. I know mine would be huge because I hate snakes, and to see one clamming onto somebody would really uh, be interesting. I, I don't know what I would do. But Paul, the way it seems like, he's just like trying to shake it off. He's trying to get this thing off of him, and finally he throws the thing in the fire. Well, the people are like, okay, they didn't have watches back then, but I'm sure they're like, okay, in about three minutes, this guy's going to puff up like a balloon, he's going to be dead. Well, they keep watching and watching, and Paul keeps talking and, and everything, and the next thing, you know, nothing's happening, nothing at all. And Paul acts like there was nothing that even went on. And uh, so then they're thinking, okay, first they thought, well, he, even though he survived the shipwreck, he must be a real horrible person, and God's going to put judgment on him anyway by this snake. But uh, when he didn't die of the snake, why then they turned and thought, well, he must be some sort of a god. And uh, the fact was, of course, he wasn't a god, but he was certainly uh, doing work for God. So, um, you know, maybe that doesn't sound like something you want to sign up for. I don't know. Maybe you don't want to go through that on your if you sign up for a mission trip, you know, the snake thing doesn't really excite me either. But, uh, uh, you know, there are, <laughs> there are some challenges, you know, that sometimes come uh, with, with giving your life for missions. Uh, as I'm sure as you've talked with Susie or others, so forth, that uh, there's, there's some things during that walk, but God provides the strength to get through those and walk through those. You know, the scripture in... Uh, Mark sixteen seventeen and 18, it wasn't even created yet uh, when uh, uh, Paul had that snake latch onto him. But I kind of like this. Uh, it says, I don't know where it's up there, Mark sixteen seventeen and 18. It says, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons and they will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Now, that's a powerful, that's a very powerful word from the Lord. Um, like I say, that wasn't even in existence yet when Paul had that experience. But uh, obviously, it is a testimony to the truth, because uh, he may not have drank poison, but he had one hanging on his hand that had injected a bunch in him. And I'm not that I say you go out and test that. That is not what I'm saying at all. But uh, uh, but anyway, the the scripture uh, says that the Lord is going to give us the power to do a lot of things. And I know from uh, testimony of my own adventures in the past, uh, that is very true. Uh, people have a lot of mixed thoughts, you know, about what mission trips are. You know, some... Some mission trips are um, short-term, and I, I call short-term probably, uh, you know, one to three weeks. Something like that is a short-term mission. Your longer-term missions, of course, where you're out there for months or years, and you come back at times to uh, 
regain, uh, get a refreshing and so forth. Those are your longer term missions. And then, and then, you know, you can be a part of a mission in different, different ways. You know, you don't necessarily have to go on one to, to, uh, to be a part of it and stuff. And I'll talk about that later. Uh, you know, just here recently, just right here in our own church in Victory, uh, we have people involved in missions. We, uh, we had two ladies actually from church here just uh, about three weeks ago. Uh, Jody and Gloria went down to Oklahoma, felt the calling to go down to Oklahoma to the people in Moore there where that huge uh, EF5 tornado was down there and did so much damage. And uh, they went down there for a few days to help out. And I know if you talk to either one of those, they will tell you how God used them, how God called them. They even told them what church to go to and many other things, gave them direction and led them. They didn't know where they were going when they sent out. It was a journey of faith, and God led them. And they were so humbled by what God, how God used them and the, and the people down there. So I really encourage you. It can be, you know, just for a couple of days or, or whatever, but God will use you. Trust me. Right now we have one of our own, Paul Swift, who is down. He's kind of actually tag-teaming with... Uh, um, with uh for <laughs> Susie <laughs> thank you <laughs> uh, she's up here and he's going to be down there for I think uh, several weeks and stuff and so Paul's down there doing that and uh in August uh there's actually uh, uh some of us there's three of us here from church Pastor Mike myself and uh, Dylan Fricky, that's going to go to Columbia, South America, and we're going to be a part of a crusade of a healing and a, and a and evangelistic crusade. And we we're just believing that the Lord's really going to uh, use us down there, and we're going to be able to spread the gospel. So we're excited about that. Um, in uh, Acts one eight and Acts thirteen forty seven, there. Uh, in Acts one eight it says, "But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth." And in thirteen forty seven, for the Lord gave us this command when He said, "I have made you a light to the Gentiles, and to bring salvation to the farthest corners of the earth." Those aren't just um, simple vain words that the Lord decided to put in Scripture, but that's truly what He wants to do. He wants to spread the gospel around the world. And whether He uses you to send you out or whether He wants to use you to maybe just be a partner in that um, guest here at home, uh, that's you can be a part of that. And I, I just pray that you open your heart up to maybe does God want to use you in that way. There's three words that to be obedient to God or to go on missions that you have to really get in your spirit. And if you don't have those words in there, <clears throat> it's going to be not a very successful time. And the three words are, I am second. I am second. Um, you put people before you. You put God always before you. It's never about you. It's, uh, it has nothing to do with you. It's just other than God is going to use you. And uh, so um, that is what missions is all about. Whether it's a mission 
to spread the gospel across the nations or a mission right here in your own church to use your gifts in whatever way your gifts are. That's your mission. And if you just remember that I am second and put others first, you're going to see things happen. Uh, these other verses of power and, and God's going to manifest himself in ways that are really going to be miraculous. And you're going to go say, wow, I can't believe that happened. And that's how God uses people in this form or fashion. So I really encourage you to just think about those words. I am second. There's, uh, there's an expedition uh, called I am second, actually. And uh, they, it's a video I'm going to show you here shortly. And uh, they, uh, it's about where I think a lot of people are maybe in this church where they think that God can't use me or I'm not in a place to be used uh, or I'm not able to go and do that. And uh, we're going to show this little video and then I'm going to finish up after we see the video. So if the video's ready and you can dim the lights, please, just a little bit. I wanted to show that uh, video because I just thought it was a really good illustration of where a lot of people are. They feel like, you know, maybe uh, they uh, don't have the resources or whatever and stuff. And, but if God really puts something in your heart to go, you know, I, uh, he, will, he will make that happen. And uh, it doesn't matter. I can attest to uh, having gone on missions down to South America, down in Brazil and stuff. It's, it's very humbling to go to a country uh, it totally speaks another language, and you're ministering to these people, and the only common connection between you is the fact that they want what God has to give them, and they know that you're the vessel that's going to come through to, to give it to them. And when you go down there, and when you do that sort of thing, and you just say, okay, God, it's got to be you because I'm totally helpless here. I can't do anything without you. Why, he does. He does do something, and it's just amazing. Uh, you know, he gives that power. He gives that anointing. He gives because when you say, okay, God, I'm going to go. I'm going to, I'm going to make the resources, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to do this and stuff. Why, he honors that. He really does. He honors that, and, and uh, it's just uh, really very humbling. And so, uh, again, I say maybe, maybe there's some reason, you know, right now in your life you can't be a part of that or you can't go but I encourage you also you can also uh, do that by uh, uh, giving to some you know somebody that's in the mission field or somebody that's going on missions in Philippians 4 16 and 17 uh, is a very good verse uh, 
for that. And, it's, and Paul writes there, even when I was in Thessalonia, you, you helped more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. So he, he's saying, even though you don't go, if you're always supplying the needs to those who do go, you're just as much as part of that blessing as the person that goes. So if you can't go for whatever reason, why, you, you can also be a partner in that way as also. And so uh, maybe that's something that the Lord is calling you to do as well. Uh, we have right now uh, set up also, just so you know, for the year 2014, we're, we're trying to get a trip to uh, Rwanda, Africa, out of the church here. And so I just want you to pray about it and see that maybe that might be something that the Lord is calling you to do. It'll be in conjunction possibly with the Grace Life up in Marshall. And uh, that will be with uh, uh, Charlie and Karen Oglesby. And then also we're going to have, we don't have set dates, but we will be having um, trips of uh, going down to Casa Hogart ourselves with groups and and doing work down there. And uh, that will be through Paul and Elaine Swift. And uh, those trips aren't, uh, as set in stone in the advancement, but as soon as we are aware of that, we will let you know about those trips as well. And we'll be trying to get other trips as well also to probably uh, mo- more than likely South America in the future as well, if that's more the type of trip you would like to go on. So we're trying to get a variety of things, of different gifts that maybe you guys feel like you're being called to. So, uh, So anyway... I am second. I know the Lord has put gifts in every one of you. And I just encourage you to just seek the Lord what he has for you to do in that area. Uh, So that is a calling that we have here as people is to be mission-minded. And so um, I just... uh, pray blessings on you for that so that's it and we'll just close in prayer and while we're closing in prayer i want you also to consider we're going to have the worship team come up i also want you to consider we're going to take an offering during the closing for uh, Susie and uh, for her mission and uh, so we can have some volunteers come up here in just a little bit and uh, for the baskets and uh, we'll take an offering for that so i'll just close here in prayer while the team gets set up. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for uh, what you're doing, Lord, across the world, across the nations. We thank you, Lord, for the people here, and uh, Lord, the, the gifts that are in the people here and how you want to use them. And Father, we pray that, Lord, that we um, are always thinking that we are second. We always put you, Lord, before us, and we put others before ourselves. And Father, we pray that, Lord, that the glory goes to Jesus for everything. We pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, that uh, as the people uh, go this day, that, Lord, you just uh, touch them, touch their hearts, touch them in a way, Lord, that they never knew there was something in there, Lord, that maybe you were trying to uh, to uh, plant a seed in there. So, Lord, we just pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.